Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Out A Wrap. It's been a while, isn't it? Sorry about that, everybody. Been a busy boy, busy in the team leader community. Remember, if you have team leaders that you think would benefit from continual development, networking, all of my content, live streams every day, then please do get in touch get them into the community. We've got about 300 people in there at the moment from about 30 different companies. It is a wonderful space to be in. So I've been busy there. And also this week, I headed up to Worksop from down south. I went up north, I braved the north, went up to Worksop and spent a wonderful day with the team leaders in DDC Outsourcing Solutions. We did a workshop on firelighting and firefighting, not actual firelighting and firefighting. It was just a nice name I came up with to think about purpose and focus and motivation and how you um, prioritize your day and also how you keep the team engaged throughout the day. It was very consultative. It wasn't just me talking. I'm not a trainer, but we had a great, great time. What was really interesting as well is, and you'll get to hear this, not watch it, I'm afraid, but you'll get to hear this is some of my conversations with Matthew and Charlotte. Now, both of those guys were agents. They were aspiring leaders. Uh, team leaders, and then they've moved into internal communications and for Matthew, uh, a trainer, a journey that is common in many of our contact centers, isn't it? And I just spoke to them. Then from a brave few from the workshops, they shared some of their top tips. If they could only share one tip, what would it be? And they shared that and you will get to hear those. They're, they're brilliant. So. We will start with Charlotte and her journey. So, <laughs> are you ready? Yeah, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> so what was really interesting in that group though was how much everyone's been here, like even though you've got all these new intakes now, uh, 10 years, what, three and a half years, mm -hmm. I think Amy said. For you, how long have you been here? So I'm a returnee. <laughs> and uh, I worked here seven years ago in April, I think. So I came in on BPO, um, temporary contract. I just finished my degree. Almost. Be so careful. I do all their inductions. I recognize everyone. I try to remember them all by name. I can't remember. You are? I do all the inductions. So they were the oh, really? recent cohort. So I try to remember them like, by name. And now they're watching because they're nosy. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so sorry. Um, I worked here about seven years ago, a temporary contract, just finished my degree, was looking for some just quick work, quick money, savings behind work at what I want to do. So that was in the April. My exams had just finished, but we hadn't had our like graduation or anything like that yet. So I saw it as a bit of a let's get ahead of the curve kind of thing. Um, so I worked here for a bit, I think it was like eight months, something like that, before I decided, yeah, I want to go back to uni, do my master's, <laughs> which I don't talk about enough, but hey-ho. So I left, um, I went back to uni, picked up some sort of part-time work in between, and then the pandemic happened, which nobody wants to happen, let alone in the middle of a degree that you sort of 
doing from home anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that became fully remote. But because at the time I was considered an essential worker, the degree kind of got put on the back burner. So I started that in the January 2018, I think, and I didn't actually finally submit my thesis until the November 21. So there's quite a big gap mm. from where it should have been submitted, but leniency because, you know, essential worker was working six and a half days a week. <laughs> um, but yeah, so customer service, customer facing wasn't obviously the role I was trying to go for. It wasn't the role that I wanted at the time. It was just something I could do to pay the bills, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, I thrive in it. I loved in it. Like, love doing it. I love making people happy and helping people find a way, whether it's through coaching or service or support, whatever it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, for one. <laughs> um, and while I was at uni, I was doing, like, bar supervisor and stuff like that. So it wasn't, like, something I wasn't familiar with or anything mm. like that. So I could just get the job, have the satisfaction in the day, go home, and it not be a massive deal. Um, but, yes, yeah, so needless to say, I got to the end of my four years at a different um, a different business and decided I needed to move on, do something better, find something new, and I knew I could come back here, so... Um, my now husband has worked here since then. He didn't oh, really? leave. He's gone through a few different roles from working in the same role I was in to then leaving a team, team managing, working our service delivery team as it was then. And now he works for uh, the MI and workforce management team. So, yeah, he's got a, even more, um, I don't know, advanced story Those quotes, <laughs> the squiggly careers it's called, isn't it? That yeah. kind of... Um, <laughs> And contact centers are brilliant for that. You can Absolutely. just do lots of different things. What was your master's in then? Uh, I did history, but I did it by research. Oh, really? So when I first started it, it was meant to be a 26,000 word thesis, two and a half years, great. And then when I actually got stuck in, it ended up being 40,000 word, Chris, you know it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Do you know what I listen to on the way up here? One of my favorite podcasts is The Rest is History. Oh, I've not actually listened to it, but it, it keeps coming up as my suggestion. It, it's it's amazing. Those guys are brilliant. But one of them, um, he talked about how he's written a load of, they've both written loads of historical novels. Uh, well, yeah. And he, but his publisher said he, they commissioned him to do a book that was 125,000 words and he did 500,000. Yep. Because it right. just kind of gets, but I let on the way up. That's what I love about podcasts. On the way up, I listened to, I found out so much about bon like Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh my God, like you, honestly, my husband is so into that at the minute. Like, really? Honestly, <laughs> we, we watched, we watched, um, what were we watching this weekend? You'll be like, come on, Master and Commander. And then he put on, oh, what was the TV show with Ewan Griffith in like years ago? It's not sharp, but it's like the yeah. equivalent of that. Yeah. So what am I doing? <laughs> but yeah, he's massive into it at the minute. He did um history degree at time I Oh really? Yeah, so he did the BA with me and then I was mad enough to go and do the MA afterwards. So you got your masters. Yep. You at that point then come back here? Yep. So I came back twen February twenty two. Yeah, February twenty two. Um as a CSA on campaign, but okay, I CSA on a campaign at DDC. Um, with the intention of not staying as a CSA, although I had really, really chronic imposter syndrome before that, to the point where my husband was like, you can do this job, you know you can do this job, believe in yourself, I wish you believed in as much as I believe in mm. you, which is nice to hear, but hard to implement if 
you really don't feel it. So I came back and obviously knew a lot of people that were still here, um, which was nice. And I appreciated that because obviously someone who's coming brand new into the business doesn't have that at all. Um, but obviously things had changed. The pandemic had happened. The Valley Awards became a thing. That was not a thing when I was here the first time around. So I could see the change. It was brilliant, really. Um, and yeah, so I, I worked hard, learned everything I could about what I was doing, um, excelled really well in billing and then ended up working on dispute for an energy company. And then I started leading that team. And then after leading that team for a while, um, I took on an LA role. So that came up, um, did really well in the interview, had the passion behind it because I was thinking about things like well-being and coaching strategies and things like that. Thrived really well under that manager. I think we we'll do a podcast with, you know. Okay, who? <laughs> uh, Evaz McKenzie. Oh, yeah. He's such a character, uh, believed in me, made me turn around so much of that lack of confidence that I didn't have. Like, I spent a lot of time working on me in that time, but it's different when you have someone that's leading you in a role that makes you then feel fulfilled as well as believed in and trusted. Mm. And then all that extra responsibility doesn't feel like a weight anymore because it, you know how to do your job and they know you do. And then that's, that lets you go. <laughs> um, and we believe in a lot of the same things. Like both of us are massive fans of Simon Sinek. So we both went on a, a call the other day with him and, um, oh, what is his name? Uh, diary of a CEO, Stephen Bartlett. Oh, Stephen Bartlett, yeah. Talking about his new book. So we were sat there with about 500 people, just sat listening to them talk back and forth and ask questions. And we were both like, I love this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Simon Sinek's great, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, um, I don't want to say cynical, but he's more, for me, he's like, he's still that holistic and well-being, driven, emotional, whatever, but he's so concise. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that he sort of cuts through all of the wishy-washy stuff you see around that area. Um, I'm still reading his Start With Why because it is quite a tough read. As, as important as it is, it's quite a tough read. <laughs> but that's why I think he works so well on TikTok. It's, you can get really important messages and reminders in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like his, the concept of servant leadership and what that actually means, he's able to verbalize in 30 seconds. And you're like, great, yeah. that's really helped me today. Absolutely. I think. That is a big part of my job is that digestible, um, that digestible resource that you can tap into, tap out of, or, oh, I've got five minutes, I'll make a coffee and I'll sit and read this, or oh, I'll watch that clip. And you can take on so much more from mm. that than I think people estimate. Um, like, obviously, I've done a lot of education. I've done a lot of traditional education, where it's read this paper, read this book, read these chapters, come back, analyze, answer these questions. That's great if your comprehension's your bag. <laughs> but if it if it's not, it's not gonna be very engaging for you. And that's where for my role now as an internal comms officer engagement kind of falls side to side. There's a lot of a lot of uh question about that role around like LinkedIn and social media. Is it, should you be an ICO in engagement? Is it just engagement? Does one come without the other? And the answer is no. <laughs> for me, I think the answer is no. Is it one role in itself? Yes. It's a tough role in itself because mm. there's a lot of balance um, and you kind of have to be aware of one to do the other well. Um, but they don't necessarily come together naturally, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so he, real big impact on um, yeah. helping you believe in yourself. And I love that phraseology you said then around 
the responsibilities of the role didn't feel like a weight anymore. Yeah. Um, it just felt like, felt like what, that you, things that you embraced. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think that comes with any new role. So even now I'm still working out those where things just come naturally, you just do, you don't have to think about them anymore. You don't have to think of the technicalities or the step or the tick box exercise to ensure you've done it. It's something that you just then do as part of you. So that little bit of that role becomes something that you do innately rather than something you have to think about actively doing. And that's when you know that the role was right for you and you can sustain with it all. If it's not right for you, it's just something you're good at. Mm. <laughs> but that can't necessarily be a bad thing because your confidence is only going to go up from there while you work out what is right for you. <laughs> um, I think I've probably done a lot of that. Like I've done a lot of jobs or experiences that maybe others wouldn't do but like you said earlier get curious because when you said that i thought yeah plenty of times i've been sat there and thinking well, what are you doing <laughs> yeah but the last thing i'm ever going to do is judge someone for doing something different yeah. which is november with it being career development month as well as um if you ever look at action of happiness the community that produced calendar for something to think about every day they're issue for november is try something new do mm. something different and i'm like yeah if someone asked me what was the number one thing that i did to get to where i am now it was just keep trying different things yeah. it might not be what you want to do it might not be the end of but you might expose yourself to something yeah. else or something you don't actually use in your toolkit every day but someone else says oh have you thought about this or have you seen that you can go actually yeah i have really briefly but and it starts the conversation or it gets some idea turning or it gets the creativity going or it makes someone else feel heard or recognized because oh they have that in common with me i i know I, they know what i'm talking about and that experience is what like fulfills me when i talk to people <laughs> i love it and we in one of the earlier sessions we were talking or it, it's obvious the leading leading advisor la role so important really helps team managers really helps advisors yep. and allows people to progress but also um it's not natural. It doesn't have to be that the LA becomes a team manager. The um, Matthew in the room was LA and then L and D. And for you, you went LA to where? ICO. ICO. So that's absolutely music to my ears because an events would agree with me on this that LA isn't necessarily the natural transition into manager because they're different roles. Mm. And ICO is? Internal comms officer. Lovely. Okay. <laughs> Distant year, that's the level. <laughs> um, so I break the trajectory of the CSA, LA, TM. Yeah. I went into a supporting role. So my role fits in marketing, but really it floats between marketing and HR and a little bit with IT and a little bit with ops and a little bit with everyone. Um, so I'm involved in quite a lot of different activities, like stuff with compliance and stuff with HR. And we've got events coming up so a lot of that falls on me because it's about decimating the message or letting people know it's happening or an event coming up and so there's something new every single day but the root of it is that I know people and if you're not a people person it's not the role for you because whoever walks in that day comes in with everything and I want people to be able to turn up to work and bring 100% of themselves mm. the good, the bad, the ugly so you have to be prepared for that and if you're not prepared for that then you need to think about what you want to do because <laughs> it's such an invested role that if you don't have a heart for it you're going to run out of steam for it really really quick and that's not to say I don't have days where I think oh, what am I doing <laughs> because I think everybody in every role does that because they probably put themselves fully into it and that's mm. when they think actually I'm scraping the barrel now there's not a lot left for me 
and then that rolls into my big passion of resilience and bouncing back and making sure there's time for you first. So that's the only thing I possibly need to eat last. I completely agree. But if you don't eat at all, you can't lead. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I, it's so obvious the kind of um, commitment and passion and the sense of real connection from everyone that's been in these sessions, from you to DDC. And I think part of that seems to me that it's come from the fact that people have progressed and that doesn't necessarily mean that they've progressed a new title mm-hmm. but they've progressed in competency yes. and um their the different elements of the role that they're doing yep. um for you that kind of lineal progression that has now gone actually la can go here it can go there did you especially if you've come from somewhere where you didn't necessarily and i i've spoken about having imposter syndrome you you must occasionally look back and be so proud be proud of yourself in terms of having done that and now your ico yeah i try uh, to i definitely try to i try to do it more often than i like i don't do it as often as i should but i try to encourage myself and other people to do that like charlotte this morning when we had yeah. that conversation about being in the pandemic and not wanting to leave the house and i said yeah but look at you now mm. look back and smile not punish yourself because you weren't in that right space or right frame or that right job or that right situation. I did a lot of watching because I spent four years in a company that realistically didn't appreciate me. Mm. Um, I went sideways to every role that that company had ever had, but I still didn't get the managerial role when it came up. The culture there wasn't is why it's non-existent, to be honest, but we won't go there. Um, keep it positive because we're not talking about them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> that whole cloud of everything repressed who I was. Mm. I went in with confidence and knowing what I could do and knowing that I was probably one of the cleverer people in the room, but not that I'd ever shout about that because I'd want to be the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to learn from other people because as you can probably tell, I learned best from talking, conversation and having that debate or learning new things. That's that's the way I learn best, which mm. makes this role really good for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's where I'm from learning from people. But obviously when I came back to DDC, I had that whole baggage and that whole cloud mm. of self-doubt and repressed attitude and yeah, that thrive for wanting to do more, learning more, investing back in me because I just felt that the best I got was the best you turned up on the day. Mm. So I had to do a lot of unpacking to mm-hmm. sort that out. But then coming back here and being appreciated and doing well at something completely new, completely different. Like I'd never been in the energy industry in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and due to not having login information for quite a long period of time at the beginning of the role, I took to my skill set, which was research, <laughs> and learned it inside out, back to front, and everything else, so that I could bring myself to the role and give the best I could do, which is probably where I then realised that I am better than what I think I am. I can actually do this, you know, the whole stronger than you think, you know, uh, braver than you seem, that, that whole thing. So I just got brave. Um, I'm not wearing it, but I have a pin badge that literally said scared, uh, scared shitless, we're doing it anyway. Um, because that's literally how I feel every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Tell me as I am, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then when I did get into the LA role, I brought all of that to my team and I was very focused on things like culture and well-being and ensuring that they had skill sets because we were going to be going through change and they were going to be going through a merger into another team. And I wanted them to be really prepared for that. So like I said, the LA role and the manager roles are quite different because the LA role is very people invested, whereas the manager typically should almost have that step away. 
because they're like the conductor of the orchestra, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on my campaign, we were quite close, a lot closer than that. And our manager team was going through a lot of changes. So I ended up stepping up more than probably other LAs may have done. I mean, obviously, campaign based campaign, the LAs do a fantastic job. It's just different mm. because we had a smaller team. Mm. And LAs typically do step up to cover TMs in times where we need it. But I was doing it a lot more. <laughs> um, but because my focus on culture and well-being and employer engage- employee engagement and investment and coaching and all that stuff uh, kind of got me a little bit of a reputation in a way. And that's when people like Chrissy started hearing my name and understanding what I was about and things like that. So when this role did come up, it was natural that I'd want to apply because that's what this role is all about. <laughs> um, so I had a lot of people like, I hate to use the word sponsor because it almost sounds like they bought into it yeah but we understand the meaning yeah Yeah. so there's a lot of people that were like championing me in that respect so it was nice to have that and that was a confidence boost because it's like yeah well they believe in me and they've just been phenomenal um like jade and i have just done take a break which is a um a series we run for employees to join and find out about different departments whether it's sales or hr or it have a chat see what kind of things you need, what skill sets you need, what experience do you need, what what does your role look like? Oh, I'm just interested in the department. What do you do on a day-to-day? Have a coffee, turn up. That's get to, great. Get to meet the senior leaders. Like Jade loves it. Mark, our head of IT, loves it. I love working with them. We've done sales and IT. We've done HR and operations with client services. We're looking into marketing and finance next. But Jade and I always take away from those sessions that we've invested back in our people, mm. and that's what people want. Mm. And when you talk about purpose earlier today, the purpose is giving someone a reason to get out of bed in the morning or feel good about turning up to work the next day. It's not, oh, my purpose is to come here, make some money so I can go home, watch telly, eat my dinner and go to bed. That's the fundamental. Mm. That's that's mm. reality, yeah, but that's what you need. That's not what fulfills you. Your purpose and your functionality are not the same thing. <laughs> and this is what will keep people in the industry, that they can go and see something they might not have thought about. Yep find out what a day is like and go, you know what, I, I'd love to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many people that I've said to them, why don't you consider doing that? And they were like, oh, I didn't know I could. Mm-hmm. Or one of the questions was, well, how do I grow? What qualifications do I need? Do I need to have you know the list as long as my arm to be able to do that? And I'm like, well, no, you need the attitude. You need the focus. You need the drive. You need to have the right incentive to do it know that it is right for you and then put 100% behind it because mm. if you don't know where you want to go at least to the next step in front of you it's like sitting there with the accelerator down but you know, the car's not in gear you're not going anywhere <laughs> you know so you have to have some form of direction to get that energy going in the right way so doing these sessions sometimes gives that to people or they'll say to me afterwards oh my god I didn't even know we had those links for training could you send them to me and I'm like yeah absolutely here you go straight away or did you say there was another session? Yep, book me on. Amazing. But it gets people recognizing more people in the business, like networking yeah. and getting that community back that we lost in that pandemic period. And that's what I'm really passionate about, as you can probably <laughs> tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I say, LA to here, it's just about people. Brilliant. It's the people. And that comes through in, in spades. So uh, for the time being, Charlotte, thank you very much. <laughs> Now we're going to hear from Charlotte Moody, Malcolm McLeod, Joe Bonser, 
and Megan Whaley with their top tips on leadership. Perfect. Are you just talking to me to get me comfortable? Is that what you're doing? No. Because you've already clicked. I've already seen what you've done. Don't know what you're talking about. I can't right. have told okay. you. I'm a control freak. <laughs> so? I know what you've just done. Yeah, so my name's Megan. I'm a team manager. I've been here for five years. Um, and I've been in a leadership role for free. And the tip that I would hoping you would share, because you shared it in the first group, is? Um, so what I tend to do is on the evening time, I will write out a priority checklist for what needs to be completed the following day. So first thing, I'll get my calendar up and I'll see what's already booked in so that obviously I'm not duplicating work for myself and writing things down if I don't need to. Um, and then I'll work on a traffic light system. So red is what's really, really important needs to be done as soon as I can possibly get it done that day. Orange is, it's not as important, but it still needs to be completed that day. And green is essentially, I can delegate that if I need to, um, or work it, but just by the end of the week, or as long as it's completed at some point, I can get that done. And then it helps me basically free up what time I have got. So if I have got an half an hour gap, I know that I can either work from a checklist and get some of my greens done, or I can spend that extra time with my team if they need me, or even just putting like nice little incentives out for the team and like creating a group chat and just basically getting everyone interacting. I genuinely, when you when you started talking about that in that first group, was thinking I can benefit from this because mm. me becoming organised has been a, a ongoing career yeah. challenge. <laughs> yeah, so hit that kind of end of the day, it's a little bit of a review, yeah. but also okay, what can I then do yeah. tomorrow? Whilst fitting in around your calendar is great. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's also my downtime as well. So I will literally do that at the last half an hour of my day. Because then what that does is that gives me sort of the time. Obviously, I'm still doing my other bits throughout the day, answering team's messages, speaking to my team. But the last half an hour of my day is sort of going through my checklist. What have I done this today? What have I completed? And it also helps me keep on track of, obviously, like my progress, where I'm at, and making sure that I am maintaining this traffic light system and basically just having the same consistency because I never I were never this organized never ever ever like I would literally log on and I'm like oh brilliant this needs doing I'll just do it whenever and then sometimes things genuinely would not get done so I think working on the traffic light system definitely I'll this was before my team manager role though and I think it all come about when I got feedback from a previous interview and I thought actually because the way that my brain works, like with my colour systems and just chaos, it like I thought, right, I'm actually going to give this a go. And I did it and I've literally used it ever since. Never Love stopped it. using it. There you go. Woohoo! Boom. Right, get this off of me. Right, okay, ready. Right, so I'm Malcolm. I've worked at DDC for five and a half years and my top tip is... Uh, about leadership would be to listen to people more and to make time for them and try and build good relationships. Perfect. Brilliant. So, I'm Joanne Bonson-Story from DDC. Uh, I'm a client experience manager, also looking after quality. One of my top tips in leadership is really focusing on your people. Focus on the input and the output will take care of itself.
for 30 people and train them for four and a half weeks. But this has got me nervous. I'll just, what's your surname? Pierce or Gravel. Depends on where you look. <laughs> it's, it used to be double barrel, but then I split it up and keep swapping between them. I'm getting rid of one of them and I've changed my name legally. Work know me as Pierce. On LinkedIn, it's Pierce Gravel. Pierce Gravel. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> well, so, uh, Matt, in that first session, the reason I thought, oh, you'll be great to come and talk to is the the kind of progression and the and the journey and what you do now versus what you started doing. But let's take, let's go right back then. So when did you first start working for DDC? What did you do? So my first job at DDC was a sales agent and I realized pretty quickly I had made a pretty big mistake going into sales because I was terrible at it. Um, and I got really upset about it. So I actually spoke to someone who's left now anyway, but, um, and they said, do you know something from the minute you started talking, I knew you weren't a salesperson. I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and they said, would you consider customer service? I was like, anything, just get, get me out of sales quickly. <laughs> and then, yeah, I moved into customer service and was there for a very long time. Um, I moved through several different companies throughout and just, just about got to an LA when I left. And then, um, I, I actually left to start my own business, um, in pub and again, realized made a pretty big mistake pretty quickly and tried to come back straight away and there was nothing available. I'll just keep checking and checking. And I actually joined another call center elsewhere. And I think, I know it's a bit like cliche to say, but I think DDC had sort of ruined me for the call center. <laughs> um, because I walked in like every day and I was like, you're doing that wrong and I know you are and you're doing this wrong. And if you did this, this would make the entire place so much better. But it wasn't my place to say any of that. So I just went in for six months every day miserable as anything um and then got furloughed and ddc didn't stop work and i saw an advert pop up and i was like hooray please please let me come back please um and yeah that that was that was it i came back as a another customer service agent start from the bottom again um but with previous knowledge of the uh, the energy industry which is what i joined again um quickly moved up to being an la um, our lead advisor status and I was on a progression path to be a team leader for pretty much the entire time since I started as an LA and I just take on responsibilities cause that that's what I wanted to do I was like that that is the path you get you be an agent move up to an LA then you are a team manager and that that is it that's the only way you can go and then whilst being an LA um I had a conversation with my manager where she said, um, we're really, really stuck. We've got this group of people coming in. No one trained them on what to do. You've been here the longest. Would you give it a go? I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do that then. Yeah, no problem. And from that very first group, it was like, that's me. That's not just something that, oh, well, you work at it for a while, you'll get used to it. It was, it was actually me and I could feel me coming out in everything I was doing. I was like, that seems pretty so I put my name down to do every single group after that, but doing LA duties in between. And then um, we actually formed an actual L&D team and I, I followed it very closely from like a distance, like, Ooh, what do you guys do? What do you guys do when there's not a group? Um, and I don't think they really noticed to start with until I, I ended up in Birmingham training for, I think, about nine weeks straight. 
and the L&D manager, he's spoken to me since because he's my manager now, and said, that first day you were training in Birmingham and I came into your room and you thought I was a trainer. That was the day I said, I want him on my team. And I spoke to everyone on the team afterwards and they all agreed. And when we started interviewing people, you were first on my list. So been doing that ever since i love that what what a great story and what um i just love those kind of everyone's if they don't say this then um that's fine but everyone has those kind of moments where you're like right i've tried something it's not for me come again try something else not for me come again try and each time you're uh you win or you learn right and your um your story's testament testament to that because that moment when you first did that the very first group just felt comfortable yeah that that was me (laughs) yeah and the personality i got to bring out in that and i I feel like for a long time i was sort of pretending to be like really corporate to try and fit into being a a manager and when i went into that first group i was like i can shake all that off it's gone i'm me now (laughs) can be me from home at work how great is that yeah it's brilliant so what do the lnd team lnd team do when there's no oh it's a loaded question <laughs> so very much so um we do intakes for any campaign where any new person into the business we'll train them from scratch um and we'll align ourselves to how they want us to do training However, not every business has got intakes in every single week. So between that, we'll work on um, our investment time for agents. So if we speak to QA, which we do once every two weeks, we'll have a look at all the data that they have. Is there a gap in any of it? Is any of it lower than what we want it to be? And we'll create a pack for that, which will go on to our platform for learning. Um, There'll be every single type of learner experience on there so if if you learn by reading and writing notes there's a powerpoint for that if you learn by playing games there's quizzes for that there's games for that if you learn by listening to someone else speak we've got audio recordings or if you learn by watching someone do it there's videos for it so and that that's quite a new thing i think we only started doing that in about may and the biggest project that i did was when so we've got an office in Bosnia as well, which we work really closely with. And they've got their own L&D team and things like that. But 99% of the customer service agents over there were people in the UK. And um, they noticed uh, a soft skill difference where uh, some customers were looking for more empathy and things like that, and they, they weren't getting it. So I, I had to, I think this was my first project on the L&D, which I could properly sink my teeth into. <laughs> was to create an entire program for three days to get people in completely wiped blank, build them up and then get them doing it and then train them side by side as well. Um, I actually went to Bosnia for that as well, which was great. And I loved that. And meeting the team over there and sort of comparing ways of doing things, that that was really fun. Really? How long, how long ago was that? Uh, that was Maine. It was second week in May, I think. So did you notice as well... How are you kind of um, helping with the culture, the kind of being part of DDC? Have they bought into that straight away over there as well? Yeah, so uh, because 
DDC has always been a, a global business. We, we've sort of always had like a global culture for everyone. And I think everyone that joins the business is used to that on day one anyway. And especially people in Bosnia, in the Bosnia office, they they live and breathe it when they're at work. And that's awesome to see. So like, if you go outside on a break or anything, run into about 50 different people go oh what do you do and they'll say oh have you tried this before because that's what we did and they them ideas and that's great and it's just it doesn't like i i actually spoke to someone in bosnia whilst outside on a smoke break and just started talking to them about absolutely nothing and then got into the conversation of what we both do and it wasn't until we had to go back inside oh by the way i'm i'm actually a, like the ceo of the bosnia side i was like Oh, cool. Nice one. So glad I didn't say anything bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, there's, I think like the main part of our culture is there isn't really a hierarchy. You can, you can go into the CEO office and just have a normal conversation with him. You can speak to any department and just straight away click with them on anything, which I think is... And this is why people come back. A hundred percent. Yeah. I am one of <laughs> Nothing to be ashamed of. I like, I mean, I like that. I spoke to Charlotte earlier around, you know, go away come back you come back with kind of more awareness and maybe an understanding of you know what some of the things that maybe grated me a little bit here nothing in comparison to yeah because we've got it right here and um but you can only get that through awareness can't you? you can only it's like the the world you're in now is helping people obtain more knowledge try new things be curious um it must be must be great to have found your calling oh 100 percent and when you say like leaving and coming back, that the coming back is sort of what helped me on that because I, I'd got a hunger to to learn more about the business and be like, well, that's how they did it there. Yeah, and that just felt flat on its face. Yeah. So, what do we do with it's different that makes this work? And learning that has been a massive part of developing my career at DDC anyway. Thank you so much. No problem. There you go. What bag was it? What a great recording and testament to the wonderful, wonderful industry we work in that people can find their calling. I had such a good time with everyone at DDC. Their culture shines through in just how everyone shows up. Uh, it was a wonderful day and I hope you enjoyed these recordings and I hope you all take care of yourself and see you soon.